Hey, what's up everybody? This is Tom John and you're listening to the New Fury Media Podcast. I am here with Super Shredder Miles Dimitri Baker. Miles is well known for his time in Rings of Saturn during the Ulta Ula album cycle and has released an EP with his current band Interloper. How's everything going, Miles? I've been good, man. Just uh, staying as busy as I can with all the, you know, with COVID, we've got a lot of things we can do behind the scenes for writing and, you know, putting all that stuff together. Haven't been able to tour or anything but everything's good man right on man and that's good to hear you've been doing well despite the ongoing pandemic and just a little over a month ago you and the rest of interloper released your first ep called a revenant legacy so congratulations it must be awesome to finally get that out to the world i know you guys have been hard at work for quite some time with it and before we go any further just for those unfamiliar with interloper what can you tell people about the band well, Interloper is uh, technically, and thank you also, I'm glad, you, glad you're digging it, but um, yeah, Interloper's been around for a while, man. Um, it was something that I started with Aaron um, in like high school, or, like late high school, I think, and from there, you know, he, he joined Abiotic and a couple other bands and got busy, you know, he joined Rings, and then I ended up joining Rings, so it just ended up getting put on like the fucking back burner forever. And then um, after that whole ship sailed, it was like, okay, let's let's do this band. And we got Andrew, you know, we'd been hanging out with him and he was in the band. And then um, we had a couple singers along the way, Cody and Mike. And then it just worked out that Andrew, you know, is now the singer. And so here we are and we, uh, you know, had been writing for a while and pitched everything to Nuclear Blast because, you know, we already had a relationship with them and they knew what we were, you know, capable of and, we all got along really well, you know, it was like a, just a, a nice environment. So when the time came, we approached them with, you know, a bunch of tunes and they were like, yeah, let's do this. So we signed and then um, we were actually supposed to announce everything in the beginning of 2020, but <laughs> everything stopped, you know, we, the pandemic happened and it's still happening. So we just kept pushing things back. It was like, oh yeah, we'll do it, you know summer everything will be back to normal huh. turns out it's not back to normal let's do it in fall and it's like we're still fucked let's just do this thing and so we ended up releasing everything um at the beginning of this year and here we are oh wow so you guys had this ep in the bag for like a minute then uh what was the writing process for this ep like your work with interloper is a huge transition from your previous output with rings of saturn you know, there's a lot more melody going on and, you know, not so much the uh, the, the brutal technical riffs that we heard on stuff like Ulta Ula. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's definitely been, and I mean, I think that's very apparent in, like, the work I did with Rings, you know, that the Ulta Ula album, you know, sounds different than the other stuff they had. So it, that's something that's important to me, you know, Andrew and, and Aaron as well, so definitely it's about the songs and it's not about just like ripping so the the writing process for the ep those are those are old songs man those were uh those are like multiple year old songs so some of those i think are like three years old maybe that's a long time maybe going on four yeah like they're they're pretty aged so it's kind of one of those things just to like get the ball rolling and we already had the lp like written at that time and especially when it was already released like we'd already recorded the whole new you know lp and everything like i think when this came out the lp was already done um so excuse me um <coughs> try not to cough in the mic so yeah that was the writing process for that you know they're just older tunes they're tunes we wrote together andrew wrote you know some i wrote you know some and it was just like that was the ep 
And that's kind of like the same process we have for other things. It's, you know, it's pretty collaborative overall. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of the story behind the EP. We put it out so it was like, hey, we signed with Nuclear Blast. Here's some old tunes. Rather than just like dumping a new, you know, LP, you know, here's a new band, here's an LP, you know, because that might not get as much attention as if like, you know, people are like, oh, we already have like heard of this band. So that was kind of like the, the idea behind it, really. Yeah, I keep up with Interlopers' social media pages and saw you guys had mentioned an LP back in October, I think it was. Uh, does this mean that we could expect new music relatively soon? And how different is it from this EP, considering the EP songs are fairly old? Well, the album sounds a lot different, man. Um, the EP songs, they're, they're old. You know, they're, uh, they're from a different era of our brains and writing style and music we were doing. So um, some of it, there's definitely elements of the EP that are going to be around on the LP, but the LP is, um, you know, like a lot more developed, you know, I mean, we had a lot more time writing together and individually and just like, you know, musical tastes change over time. So um, the LP is, is, is amazing, man. It's, it's really good. Actually, like kind of side note on this podcast, um, when is this coming out? A day or so after this weekend. Oh, okay. All right. I'll have to wait on. Yeah, I'm just trying to tailor what I'm saying to like the time frame because there's stuff coming up that, depending when this was coming out, might be like okay to talk about. But okay, Go, going back to uh, like what to expect from the LP and stuff. So we have that is going to start coming out very soon. You know, shortly, uh, shortly after hearing this podcast, and when the, whoever's listening is listening, you'll uh, you'll be hearing about that. But yeah, the EP, you know, it's it's really cool and it's it's older tunes, but the LP is. Um, we're all beyond proud of it and it's it's our best work um ever in my opinion and i'm really really excited for people to hear it man we've been holding on to it for a long time now wow sounds like you guys set a really high standard for this lp definitely excited to check it out when it finally releases who's uh doing the production uh for the full length is it the same producer as the ep or did you guys pick someone else to work with um yeah, yeah. So mix and master was the same person, and I mean you'll you'll hear it between the EP and the LP. The pr the production value in itself is like so much higher, um, and it's it's just like such a quality product, man. We're we're really proud of that. But it's the it's the same dude uh, as Joey Veretta. He's actually Andrew's brother, and he does a ton of work. He's a great. Um, mix and master, you know, mix master engineer, as well as, you know, songwriter. He's like, he's just talented dude. So it was the same guy, but for drums, um, where we recorded them, we recorded that at Big Bad Sound. So we did live drums for this record. And that was a, that was a huge thing. I mean, that really, the impact that has on the overall sound of a mix is just, <laughs> it's incomparable, really. So we did that at Big Bad Sound, and that was with uh, Jax, the owner, and Zach, is who was like the engineer for all of that. And then um, everything else was like tracked at home. You know, all the guitars we slaved away for weeks and weeks and weeks just tracking, and then uh, the vocals, same deal. Now, uh, going into the uh, BC, you know, the uh, the before COVID times. Oh my God! Yeah, 2020 BC, dude. <laughs> um, did this uh did, did the virus you know affect you guys tracking the ep or or the lp you know at all we were we were writing and it didn't really affect it too bad because i mean by the time we wrapped up writing it was kind of still in like the 
the hopeful period of like, oh yeah, this is going to go back to normal pretty soon. Things are looking up. And then, you know, as before it was just like, yeah, this is, we're, we're stuck here. Um, so it wasn't too bad and we've written more. We're actually, we have like the skeletons of like seven tunes for the second LP already, if I'm not mistaken, six or seven. So it hasn't been too bad. I mean, we're all definitely taking like an emotional toll from like not being able to go out and do what we want. And like, you know, we have a record coming out that we, (laughs) we can't tour on, you know, that's a pretty, it's a pretty sad thing. So, um, but it's, it's been okay. It hasn't, it hasn't been horrible. We're just trying to stay busy, you know, kind of hitting the second part of your question now. You know, we're just trying to write, trying to play, you know, as much as we can and just uh, keep a positive outlook. And there's a lot of work we can do, you know, to really push this release that it's nice that we're home. You know, we have the opportunity to shoot playthroughs. We have the opportunity to do, you know, press for it. And all those different, you know, avenues of promoting an album, whether it's like, oh, here's a lesson video for this song, you know, things we have planned that we're going to be doing. So... It's like a, it's like a, it's bittersweet, really, you know, it'd be nice to just be out ripping on tours and doing all that and not having to worry about shooting videos, but it's kind of cool that we're home and have the opportunity to really take advantage of that time, which can be tough to do. It's really hard to take advantage of time. You're like, oh, dude, I got so much time in the world. You're like, why am I doing nothing? <laughs> That's like my problem. Yeah, it sounds like you guys are making the uh, the best of a bad situation, pretty much, and, you know, trying to find new ways to get creative and, you know, stay inspired and, you know, promote your art and your work and who you are, and, you know, it definitely sounds like you guys are uh, staying staying pretty busy. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's really, that's really the best thing I think any band can do right now is just really take advantage of the time that they have, because when uh, touring, hopefully, at some point in the next 10 years comes back... <laughs> <laughs> everyone's gonna be gonna be busy um so yeah it's just good to try to stay as like focused as you can and you know create little tasks you can do or in this case you know content that's gonna ultimately help your band so it's it's cool you just got to stay on top of it and try to try to stay motivated you know that's the big thing yeah and uh i saw some tours are making a comeback like devastation on the nation as you know plans for 2022 and you know, let's just hope that it's safe enough for that to happen and that everything goes well. With that said, do you and Interloper have any plans or is it, you know, too early to make that call at the moment? Dude, we have no plans whatsoever. Um, it's just hoping for the best. I mean, there's no tours or anything. And I mean, every tour I've seen and, you know, not, not in like a rude way, but I see bands posting, oh, yeah, here's our tour. You know, we got going on 2021. I'm like, good fucking luck, dude. You know, like last year, same thing. You know, all these bands, yeah, October 2020. And it's like, dude, that is not going to happen. Yeah, I, I kind of have the same feeling that whenever I see like a new tour get posted, I'm like, let's just maybe plan this like five years from now because something tells me that, you know, we're, we're going to be gripped by this for, for a good minute. Yeah, yeah, for, you know, multiple reasons, I, I tend to agree. But yeah, no, no touring plans. And, you know, we just really want to write. And I mean, what we can do, like what is in our power and, you know, instead of being crybabies, we'd be like, oh, well, we can't go on tour. You know, what's the point? You know, it's like we can write and release more and more music and just try to make more content. And, you know, that's a very viable way to grow the band. You know, it's it's the only way we have right now because we can't go out and rip on tours and like, you know, get gain fans that way. So the way we can do it is by content and songs so people can listen to them and stream them and videos so people can watch them and, you know, all that. That's, that's what we have the ability to do. And that is it right now. So just hopping on that and 
working hard is really that's it it's all we can do <laughs> yeah for sure and uh i've seen a few bands like tesseract and carnifex i think they uh they did like virtual shows uh do you think that'll become more commonplace uh during this time of like covid or you know what are what are your thoughts on that maybe man i mean i actually i did a couple of those with carnifex i was playing with them earlier in 2020 i learned like a bunch of songs is going to fill in on tour and then you know uh perspectively some other ones as well and then you know obviously everything happened so we ended up doing <clears throat> a couple of those live things for like you know patreon or you know whatever things people have and yeah i mean i think they're cool but i think i think the thing is man that those are really hard to pull off and make sound like really good and not like it's not like crazy hard to pull off. You just have to have it direct routed and like, you know, pre-mixed basically. So it's kind of a whole event. And then it ends up, I think, depending on the band, man, it ends up just like costing more to do it than like what it's necessarily worth. And from what I can tell, not too many people like really tune into those. There's a couple bands that have done some like absolutely killer ones. I, f I forgot who it was. It was... uh uh, Code Orange or something. There was a, one of those bands that just did like the most killer like live set, but it's all like pre like pre done. It wasn't like a live stream. Like, hey, we're hopping on right now. They like already went in. They performed like a show, and then it was like streamed at a later date. And I think that's pretty cool, you know. And they really pulled it off. But it was pretty big production, you know. So I don't know. I don't know if Loper would do that. Maybe in a different kind of capacity, um, we could make that work. But. It just feels weird. And having done those, it definitely doesn't feel the same. It's hard to really try to recreate that same energy you feel. It's like, are you guys ready? You know, it's like, you guys sit on your couch, you ready to circle pit? <laughs> you know? It's like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely... I definitely hear you. I mean, I think the I think the virtual shows are nice, but I think you're right. You can't really replicate a live show or, you know, that kind of energy. It's impossible. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, like... In a live setting, you know, there, there's a lot of interaction going on and, you know, a lot of, you know, the band feeding off of the crowd and, you know, the crowd feeding off the band and the performance, you know, otherwise it's pretty much like you said, you know, like, you know, circle pit in your living room, you know, break your fucking couch. Yeah, circle pit in your living room, man. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I think that's a cool thing, but I feel like less and less bands are doing that and they're going to be... Now, after some of these bands have, like, set the bar so high, it's like, oh, God, you know? <laughs> yeah, especially when bands like Code Orange and, you know, just artists that really have the resources to pull something, you know, big and grand off like that, you know, it's really tough for other bands to compete with, you know, what these other bigger bands can do. Yeah, well, dude, and it's tough for Loper, too. I mean, we're, you know, a newer band, you know? We don't have, like this massive budget and you know we're not like doing crazy well you know because we're, we're brand new you know we have an ep out and a release like this is that's something bands that have more of an established you know situation can make happen a little bit easier you know and i think uh yeah it's just tough it's just a tough it's a tough thing all around right now man yeah and you know speaking of resources you know, how's your label Nuclear Blast been treating you guys, especially, you know, since you said you guys are a newer band, you know, have they been giving you guys the attention and, you know, necessities and resources you need to make sure you get to where you guys want to be? Yeah, yeah. Nuclear Blast has been really good, man. They haven't, uh, they haven't let us down at all. They're, uh, do what they say they're going to do and they're 
good good people to work with and you know we worked with them Aaron and I at least did with them when we were with rings so we already we already know them and how things kind of run and so it's it's been nice they're good you know but at the same time like with certain things you know the label only does like so much you know they're not like hey mom dad can I have 20 bucks you know or like hey you know record label can I have like twenty thousand dollars to like do this thing you know it's not like a it's not like a piggy bank you know you have like your setup your agreement and then like you make that make everything happen with what's agreed on and then obviously they help with tons of other things too like promotion all that kind of stuff but um there's certain things you know talking about like this live stream situation you know we're not going to be like hey guys can we you know <laughs> do this like that's just not like how that works so um but they've been great man yeah and, you know, you guys do have a previous working relationship with them uh, from your time in Rings of Saturn. Um, and, you know, speaking of Rings of Saturn, have you pretty much ceased all contact with, you know, all the members from Rings of Saturn? Or, you know, what's it, what's it like now that you're not in that band anymore? Are you guys cool? Or, you know, what's going on? No, actually, no. I still talk with um, Ian pretty frequently. Uh, I talk with Alex pretty frequently as well occasionally Luke and I talk um so yeah everything's good I mean when when all of that like went down originally you know it was really tense and you know Luke and I were kind of upset with each other I would say so um but as time went on it was fine and we met up at a show when rings came through on a headlining tour and we we hung out and you know every, everything's fine so well that's good to hear that you guys are on talking terms again yeah, it's nice, dude. Yeah, it's not it's not fun to be like pissed off at someone. You know, <laughs> it's like it's more effort to be like mad than just like everyone is fine. So, I'm I'm glad that everything's cool. Well, it's really good that you guys have patched things up. You know, like you said it does take a lot more effort to remain angry than, you know, to be friends with someone. Yeah, totally, man. It's it's like that same thing, you know, everyone knows someone who's like kind of a dick and it's like it's like literally more work for you to be an asshole right now than it is for you to not <laughs> like you know it's that same thing you know when I'm like you know I've been at odds with people it's like it's harder for me it's a more effort and more like emotional strain for me to be upset than just be like fuck it I don't care <laughs> so that's that's kind of a good thing and I think uh, a lot of people would benefit from like taking that approach you know because it's just more effort you know it's more effort it's takes away from the things you can be doing and instead you're just mad about something so yeah i think you make some good points there you know sometimes in life it's just you know it's better to be a bigger person and just you know put your differences aside but uh i want to i wanted to track back a little bit to the uh interloper stuff um how did you guys come to getting andrew on vocals i remember hearing i guess the new version of wishful thinking and I mean, the new version just blew me away. It was so different than, you know, the earlier one, which, you know, I really enjoyed the single version, but, you know, the new version was, you know, I, I definitely recognize that there is definitely a new singer here. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people, that that song changed the most, for sure. Um, well, so Andrew's always song, he's always done, like, harsh vocals really well. Like, he's got really, really sick harsh vocals, in my opinion, and I think a lot of people also feel the same way. Um, but he sings as well, obviously, as you, as you can tell, you know, based on the <laughs> interloper EP, people know this now. Um, but he's been doing that for a long time and he always had like a really nice voice and it was always like, oh yeah, you know, you could do like backup vocals and like harmonies and that kind of thing. But, um, 
as time went on, you know, like with Cody originally is just, you know, kind of like wrong place, wrong time. We're like still like totally homies and everything. And same thing with, um, you know, what happened with Mike, you know, it was Andrew was tracking a lot of stuff and it was just like, he was kind of like there the whole time, like right in front of us. And we like, didn't see it, you know, we were working with someone else and, you know, just different, um, different like times and places basically and like mike's great he's a cool dude really really like the guy but um andrew was tracking some stuff for you know like pre-pro and it was just like whoa this is you know really good and you know he lives right here it was a tough call man it was one of those things it was it's just a tough situation but we think it's just the best fit you know and he he's close works quick we're all really really tight and it was just one of those things man um so it's kind of how it came to be he was he was there the whole time and we just didn't see it and then we did and we're like oh wow this is great (laughs) you know so with the mike and andrew situation was it just more of a matter of convenience that andrew lives closer or was it something like you know mike being absent during a lot of the interloper recordings and and pre-production and is it easier in a three-piece band setting to get your ideas out there um as opposed to being in a bigger band like i i mean i can't personally imagine what it'd be like in slipknot you know nine members all fighting you know for their own creative ideas yeah i'm assuming in that kind of situation there's a like one or two shot callers you know and the rest are just like hey this is what's happening um but yeah, I mean, with, with with what you said, though, it wasn't necessarily like, you know, Mike was like, oh, you know, it's taking like forever or like whatever, you know, it wasn't anything like bad, you know, he was, he was great, he was a cool dude. But yeah, you know, with, with three people and, you know, we all live here, we're all, you know, the same age, you know, same, same everything, it's just like a lot of common interests and things like that, it was, uh, it just, it just worked out and it was one of those things as we continued like writing for the LP and you know andrew's writing like vocal stuff and just really like getting a lot done it was like wow this is this workflow is really good you know this is this is easier with people who live right here you know and that was that was really it you know we can go meet up it's like hey andrew what are you doing you want i'm gonna come over and we're gonna write and it's like okay cool and like vice versa you know that kind of thing so there's uh, nothing nothing bad against mike you know he's a great dude like that guy and like i really really hope everything he does in the future goes super well. He's an awesome guy. Now, with the release of the EP, how do you guys feel about the reception? And, you know, what plans do you guys have to further, you know, market the EP? You know, any upcoming music videos or, you know, any anything special going on to uh, further push uh, the release? Well, I have a couple little things planned um, that I'm going to do. And they, you know, do need to be done pretty quick because we have something else coming up very soon so it's uh it's the time to do that and i was planning on getting some of that stuff out of the way this week i actually ended up getting a little uh finger infection on my picking hand so i had to like i haven't really played so i'm just waiting for this to like get a little bit better and then hammer out the ep content i think andrew might have a couple things up his sleeve and i think if i'm not mistaken aaron still has a couple things going on for it um before we move on to like the next you know product to promote but the reception for it, people seem to really like it, man. And it was really, it was really good to hear. Basically, you know, I'm glad that people were digging it. It's just like it's been long overdue, man. And I think we're also really excited for the LP because that's like the fresh material. You know, we've been listening to the 
the EP forever, you know? These songs are old for us. It's just like, yeah, this is the song. We know it so well. We've heard it so many times. So we're just glad to have it out, and um, I think the LP is going to be, like, the true like time to shine, you know, where it's like, this is, you know, we're putting a, on our proving grounds, you know, so to speak. So, um, I'm, I'm glad people liked it. I'm just excited for people to like tune in for the LP and then everything else going after there. It's really just, uh, got to keep putting music out and people got to keep listening. And that's the name of the game, dude. Let the, let the music speak for itself. Of course, and now I don't want to dig too deep into stuff on the LP because I know you guys are really hyped and, you know, you guys probably want to keep it, you know, a good secret and, you know, try not to reveal too much beforehand, but what can we expect from the upcoming album and, you know, how how much is it going to differ from the EP? I would say significantly, man. It's, um, it's very diverse in both directions. There's a lot of things that are, you know, far heavier. Um, there's a lot of things that are far more melodic. There's songs that are far more explorative, you know, and like proggy. It really covers a, a very broad spectrum of sounds while all maintaining, like you hear all of these songs and it's like, yeah, this sounds like Interloper, you know, it's not like it doesn't, it doesn't sound like different bands, you know, <laughs> which is a great thing, you know, and that was something when we were writing it, I was like, man, a lot of these songs are like really different. And then everything as we, you know, kept working on it and like vocals came into play. It was like, yeah, this really, this sounds like us and it's really diverse. So I'm really proud. It's not like a, it's not a one trick pony, you know, there's a lot of different types of song structures on this. So there's a lot of different styles. There's different instruments, man. It's just, it's a rounded album. It's a really rounded album. And I think it was, uh, it came together really well, you know, cause it's, it's tough to kind of pull that off sometimes when you have such like a diverse sound, especially on like a, a freshman release, so to speak, you know, this is like our first album, you know, we really got to try to solidify what we sound like. And I think we did a great job. Now, is Interloper your main and only priority, or do you have, like, other side projects that you picked up during isolation, you know, just to, I guess, have another creative outlet, or is, you know, Interloper, like, just your only thing you got going on right now? Yeah, Interloper's it, man. Interloper's it for me. There's, you know, when when touring comes back, you know, I might do some fill-in gigs, and like I mentioned, I was doing Carnifex stuff. I mean, maybe... Maybe that'll happen. I, I don't know. It just depends. You know, I'm open for stuff like that. But as far as like taking a project on, you know, I'm, I'm not open to that because I'm interlopers that, you know, interlopers what I want to do and what I want to focus on and grow. So that's always going to be priority number one. Now with touring basically kind of being dead at the moment, um, COVID has left a lot of musicians in a lot of uh, financial turmoil. Has that affected you personally at all, or you know what have you done to, I guess, mitigate those effects? I mean, I uh, I teach and I do session work, and that's that's about it, man. You know, so there's there's been some ups and downs. There's been some months where I'm like, huh, well, no one's taking lessons. This is scary. <laughs> so, you know, I'm like, I guess I'm just not gonna go out this month. Um, but overall, it, it's it's been okay, man. I've I've I feel fortunate and I've been, I've been teaching for a long time. So it wasn't like, you know, a lot of bands and individuals, you know, from bands and whatever have tried to like panic, like figure out a, like a side hustle, you know, something to do. So they're like taking up teaching or like, you know, this, that, and the other, what, whatever people are doing to try to like make some money. And I, I feel lucky that I've been teaching for like seven years, you know? So I already have like a, 
like a reputation teaching, so to speak, I guess you could say. Um, so it wasn't like, oh my God, you know, when this happened, I was like, what are we going to do? You know, especially with like Interloper being a new band, you know, we're not like one of those bands is bringing in like, you know, $500,000 a year where it's like, oh wow. Like we're like, we have no money now and this is like it, you know, we're a new band and I've had to be teaching, you know, for years now since basically like leaving rings ultimately to like rely on, you know, getting by. And so it hasn't been, hasn't been the worst, you know, as far as that goes. I didn't have to like panic at the beginning and be like, oh my God, what am I going to do? So I feel very, very lucky for that, man, because a lot of a lot of people weren't in the same situation. You know? So with COVID and all the lockdowns, has your number of students increased over time or has it uh, basically just been fluctuating the entire time? Uh, it's been roll of the dice, man. Early on, I think it was like, okay, people got their, you know, their checks and stuff. And they're like, oh, you know, I'll take a couple of lessons or whatever. And so it was good then. And then it slows down. And then like, you know, summertime rolls around and just like naturally people aren't like taking as many lessons then, you know, especially like the younger students aren't because they're like, oh, I'm on summer break, you know, that kind of thing. Um, most of my like students and uh, clients, I guess you could say, um, are people who you know, are a little bit older and like really want to learn. You know, I don't teach a lot of people who are just like, you know, every Tuesday I got a guitar lesson and I'm going to go do that and then I'm not going to pick it up. You know, most of the people I teach are like more serious. So it's uh, it's not like a huge thing. You know, I, I can imagine it being diff more difficult for someone who maybe teaches, say, like guitar center or something where it's, you know, parents put their kids in there to like learn an instrument. The kids don't give a shit, you know, that kind of thing. And then summer comes around like I don't want to fucking play. Um a lot of the people I teach, it's like, oh, more free time? Like, I get to play more because I want to learn. So it, it just depends, man. But there's always, like, those fluctuating times. Like, the holidays, you know, are always pretty rough because people are busy. They're with family. They just spend all their money on Christmas gifts for people, you know? <laughs> it's like, or, like, tax time when people have to pay their taxes. It slows down usually because they're like, oh, God. So it's been it's been pretty okay, man. Yeah, and, uh, you know, as a former student of yours, you know, to anyone listening, I, I'll definitely say, you know, hit, hit up Miles for guitar lessons if you're thinking about picking up an instrument. I mean, you you really taught me how to shred and, you know, take my guitar playing abilities to a whole different level I didn't think was possible. Yeah, that's great, man. That's, that's like, really awesome to hear, you know. I feel, uh, I feel lucky to have people who I've taught, you know, like you, who really want to like run with it and you know work on it that's where you're going to see the most improvement and it's it's cool being able to help people man and I, f I feel the same way about teachers i had you know definitely think about those guys often and i'm very uh very happy that i took lessons with them and you know had the opportunity to because i, I learned a lot it's a cool feeling man of course and i believe we've reached our time limit today Miles, I want to thank you for coming on the show and speaking with me. I think this was an awesome conversation. And, you know, if there's anything you want to say before we part ways, you know, feel free. Yeah, yeah I think so, man. I think that's good. I mean, you mentioned one, one thing I try to mention in all the any sort of like interview podcast thing I do is, you know, thanks to all the fans and the companies I work with, like Schecter and Seymour Duncan, Elixir Strings, Hosa, Tech and all that, you know, it's just lucky to have people backing me up and supporting me and you know appreciating what i do so that's one thing i always try to mention in these of course and when the lp drops hopefully we can have you again as a guest and we can talk all about the album yeah there's there's definitely a lot to say about the lp and i'm uh 
Um, I'm excited about it. So yeah, absolutely, man. I'd be I'd be more than down to do another one. Of course, man. Thank you so much. And again, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on the show. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And as for everyone else listening, please tune in next time where we'll have Ken Sorceron of Abigail Williams on the show, where we'll be talking about everything related to death and black metal.